Welcome to Reboot Presents Replay, where we bring you some of our favorite episodes from Reboot podcasts throughout the years. To mark Lunar New Year, we're revisiting Season 2, Episode 6 of In Quarantine with Steve Bodo. That's me, Steve Bodo. A podcast we produced in 2020 about how creative people were living, personally and professionally, in that very weird time. In this episode, originally aired in September 2020, I talked to Daily Show correspondent Ronnie Chang about his recent return to New York City after five months quarantined in Sydney. Why Australia, at least at first kicked the U.S.'s corona response ass, and what Chinese New Year can teach Rosh Hashanah. It's dragons. The answer is dragons. Reboot presents Replay. From Reboot, this is In Quarantine. I'm Steve Bodo. You're talking life during corona. Hey, have you had a a nasal swab test yet? Oh, man. Uh, If you haven't, you got to get one. It's, It's one of the pandemic's signature experiences and there is you know there's a new wave of much less invasive tests coming so the swab ones are going to be harder to come by there's going to like there's going to be tests you can spit on them you could just like rub your gums on things you can like look at a piece of kleenex and say fauci all these things that are much easier but you are going to be missing out if you don't go and get your nasal swab test before they disappear you're going to be missing out on some valuable lessons about your skull anatomy. And I can tell you this because I've had three of them and I know a lot more now than I used to. They're all negative. I haven't had the the COVID yet. But I got to tell you, there was for me, there was a before nasal swab test and an after. Because uh, before, like, basically I thought, I thought a certain part of the inside of my head was my upper nasal cavity. And it turned out that was my middle nasal cavity. And there was a whole unexplored land up in there. There was my actual upper nasal cavity. It was like finding a, a new closet in my bedroom that I didn't know was there. It was like a special Northwest passage, a different way of getting from my nose to the back of my skull. It was a learning experience to say the least. Oh, another thing, oh, one, the first time I went and had this ramrod put up my nose, they told me that while it was happening to relieve the, the, the discomfort, you should keep swallowing. They might not tell you that because the second and third time I had this, they did not tell me that. So I would have been shit out of luck if I hadn't had someone kind the first time around. I don't know why swallowing helps, but I highly recommend it. My point is, my guest today is Ronnie Chang. Uh, And uh, I haven't talked to Ronnie in a long time, and I'm really excited to. You may know Ronnie uh, as correspondent on The Daily Show with Trevor Noah, uh, where I used to work. And... uh, both uh, The Daily Show with Trevor Noah and Ronnie on The Daily Show with Trevor Noah are about to celebrate their fifth anniversary on the show, which is, for me, at least wild to think about. But they've been there since September 2015. Uh, and uh, Ronnie also just spent – he's back in New York now, but has spent most of his quarantine in Australia, right, Ronnie? Or quarantine the pandemic? Hi, Ronnie. Hey, thanks for having me. Yeah, man. Uh, it's been five years? What? It's been it's, – it's, yeah, for real. I know, that just is crazy. As I was writing this thing up, I was like, Jesus, it's, it was September 2015. That's such a huge chunk of life. That's almost the entire Mad About You series. That's, I think about it exactly the same way. I tend <laughs> That's to, how I measure time. I tend to denominate things in, in Paul Reiser terms. And yeah, <laughs> that's how long you've been there. Uh, yeah, so. Not, not uh, just a daily show, not just daily show, but in America for that long. So for me, not just the daily show um, measure of time, but the measure of time of how long I've been here in New York, if this can be considered America anymore, and uh, <laughs> been, been well, loving 
every second of it. Um, yeah, no, I think there are plans afoot to make it not part of America anymore. <laughs> Probably plans from both sides. Um, so listen, man, how you been? You, you, uh, last, I can't remember the last time I saw you, but I think you, I know you were, well, just tell me, I'm not going to guess. I don't want to say like, <laughs> people listen to me guess where you were, but like, just take us back. It's the end of the year, the beginning of the year. And you, so you are, I don't know if I say you're from Australia, but you certainly lived in Australia for a long time. You yeah. Yeah. Born in Malaysia. You yeah. went to school in Australia. Yeah. Yeah. I went to law school in Australia, which is undergraduate, and I finished it. Um, and uh, I, I lived in Australia for like 10 years. So it's like second home to me. And uh, what happened was uh, in March 2020, I was lucky to get cast in a movie role that was shooting in Australia. And um, th- it was going to be a two-week shoot for me. And so I left in March and then March what? Uh, like I can't remember the exact date. All I remember is <laughs> like first uh, week of March, like like Yeah, it was it was the it was the oh, this isn't gonna affect us week of March. That would um, be the first week of March. No. Yeah, yeah. It, it, this was the still like, oh, this is gonna this is someone else's problem. This is not a New York America problem. And then uh so one week into my stay in Australia, just before um, well, I'm, I'm supposed to literally, I'm in full costume, uh, about to go to set. And then they call off the whole production. They, <laughs> they pause, they pause the production and yeah, the, that was when the world kind of paused. Um, so I, I, I went, the week I went there, it was still, no one was paranoid. You know, you could fly, no one was wearing masks. And then a weekend though, the, basically the entire world, world sh- shut down. And um, that I remember that first week was kind of the most scariest, uh, just because we didn't really know what was happening. It was that situation of is this really gonna? It, it, is this the kind of thing where if you leave your hotel room, you're gonna die? Right. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. That yeah. first this, week, like, what is this? Is this disease? Is it the flu or is it like Ebola? You touch a, you touch a doorknob and then your liver dissolves. Like yeah, yeah we didn't yeah. know. Yeah, so that first week was the most kind of uh, uncertain, and then after about a week or two weeks, it became like. But you're oh, stuck at this time. You're like you're you, you could at this point still get back to the U.S. and yeah. aren't trying. Yeah, <laughs> not trying, not <laughs> trying at all. Um, I remember my my reps. I think it was my manager. He was like, "Hey, if you don't leave now, you might not get back to New York. We can't guarantee that you'll there'll be a flight leaving to New York." Like. Like we don't know when the next flight will ever leave again, and I was like, I'm good with that, and so I just stayed in. Yeah, I stayed in. Uh, I was in Sydney, Australia, because you like Sydney, or just because you were like, well, New York looks like such a shit show now. Yeah. I'll just stay literally as far away as I can. A little bit of a little bit of New York being a shit show, but also a little bit more of. Um, uh, I didn't want to like get it while traveling home, you know, cause there's no, so I'd rather just stay put and, and kind of, yeah. you know, I, I thought that was the best play and my wife was with me. I didn't want to kind of jump on a plane and go to New York and, you know, so we both stayed in Australia, which seemed, and I got to tell you, man, Australia. Oh, so with you. Yeah. See, I, I didn't know if she had traveled with you for, yeah, the, yeah. cause it's fun to go to Australia and she's from there too. Yeah. She's Australian. She's Australian yeah. citizen. So, so, and like I said, it's a second home for me and we, we were, the production was putting us up and I can't really talk about the movie yet, but, uh, oh, I, uh, I see. <laughs> but I do oh, want to super secret thing It is uh, was, uh, they tell me it's super secret. And, um, 
but I will say that the you know kudos to the movie production and the studio because when that stuff was going down, they told me just stay indefinitely, don't worry about it. And so they put me up, uh, and and I met. I actually, okay. and it gives me some sense that it's not like a uh, a literary indie adaptation movie. No, <laughs> no, no, it wasn't. It wasn't. Fend for a, yourselves. Uh, yeah. A bit of a larger scale. Okay, well, that's fortunate yeah. for you. Yeah. Yeah, and they they um I I asked them like, can you clarify what indefinitely means because I don't know what's happening, and they said indefinitely, indefinitely literally don't even worry about it just keep staying oh, and so it sounds like they're it sounds like they're very nice people it sucks that you can't yeah. say their name yeah i know and uh, i can't wait to say their name very loudly as soon as they let me but um uh so so i was staying there and um uh, man i gotta tell you australia was handling it pretty well you know i was reading the news and following what was going on and by all uh accounts uh, I, I fair to say, I think Australia, Australia handled it one of the best in the world. So we were pretty comfortable staying there. Yeah. Like I, I walked I, I walked from my hotel to a, a clinic and got tested almost immediately because I, I actually had a cough mm. and I was getting paranoid and I tested negative. And so I did the swab you were talking about earlier at the top of the episode. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And, um, did they but, tell you to swallow? Did they give you the swallow? No, advice? they did not give me a swallow. See, advice. that's the thing, man. People, they don't tell you. It does help. Does it actually help? I mean, it's it it doesn't make it pleasant. <laughs> Does it help in the way that like if you get an injection, you like look the other way? You know, are you just distracting yeah, it? <laughs> no, it's more than distracting. There's like some sort of weird pressure up in an area oh. that like where nothing should be, like sort of underneath behind your eye socket. What? That, yeah, that that like that's my experience. I don't know. Maybe I had a more aggressive swabber, but like Yo, it's really you were, going no. on up there. And yeah. if you swallow, it'll I don't know. Well, well, here's the thing. I, I mean, I when, took it from being like a nine level shittiness to like a seven and a half or eight level. <laughs> hey, I'll take whatever. Yeah, yeah, I'll, yeah. I'll yeah. Take. Point and a half. Take it. Yeah, but um, so in Australia, they were like testing people for free essentially and and um i, I just want to skip ahead because it's, it's relevant to what you were saying about the the testing because um skip you skip fast forward maybe five months into this and production actually restarted in sydney and um we were being tested every three days and then the on the onset test the swabbing was way less aggressive it was like barely in and out and so I, I go, I asked the nurse, like, is this the legit test? And they're like, oh yeah, this is the one, this, you know, it's a different type of equipment. It's a different type of test. We don't have to go all the way into the back of your head. And so, yeah, I was getting tested like every three days there. So, so you're, so you're in Australia and looking back at the U S so how did this all look from 10 or whatever thousand miles away and from a place that was handling it well, like how, what did you make of it? Oh, oh, just what was going on? I, I mean, uh, the n- official, the uh, tr- quote unquote traditional news was already pretty insane. Um, and then you, if you go on Twitter, it became complete 100%. Like I actually had to delete Twitter from, from my phone because at, at the peak of it, I was trying to follow what was happening and it, there was too much every five seconds. It was it, you, your emotions went from, oh, oh, we're going to be OK. They figured something out to, oh, we're all going to die. Yeah. Well, Twitter, I mean, if yeah, I, I don't know, Ronnie, uh, get to be getting your like epidemiology news only from Twitter. I mean, it's yeah, it's just chaos and anecdote. Like 100 percent. And I remember something you said a few years ago that always stuck with me and I always kind of 
use it and, and attribute it to you. You said something like, it's like society was still forming the antibodies to deal with the internet. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and that always stuck with me, that idea that, yeah, we are still trying- We have try- not figured it out. Yeah. We haven't figured it out. And I, you know, this, I had another breakthrough vis-a-vis my relationship to the internet over this pandemic, which was delete Twitter. And it's so dumb and, you know, cliche, you know, ignore Twitter. And it's also so basic. Uh, but no, no, but it's like the equivalent of like, you know what you should do when there's a pandemic? Wash your hands. Yeah, exactly. Like, I, I mean, everybody already knows that, but like how many yeah. people do it? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so you were over, you were in Sydney then, what, four or five months? Five yeah, months? March till uh, uh, March till August, yes. It was a good long five time. Months. And then you're back in New York now. How does... You've spent more time in New York City than I have recently. Like, how's it look to you after the five months away and this particular five months, what it's been going through? Yeah, I, I got to say, I think I missed the worst of it because I came back um, admittedly happy to kind of come back to my own house. Uh, and uh, uh, I don't know, I'm walking I'm walking on the streets. The vibe seems nice. Uh, I'm, uh, I'm looking at, um, um, citizen, the citizen app. It tries to report in real time, uh, police, um, scanner information and, um, the crime seems to be up. So that's a danger, I think. Yeah. Yeah. So, but, but, um, like, I don't know, I'm just kind of walking around a little bit more complacent than I should be maybe because, uh, I, I don't, I came from, I spent five months in Australia where it wasn't as intense, like, um, as you as you can imagine, the city feels a little bit emptier or less busy, at least by New York standards. Yeah, I mean, you've been in New York a lot longer than me. Uh, were you born here in New York? I think uh, you were born, born in your, not in the I, city, though. I was not born in the city. I was actually born in Detroit, which is like weird Steve trivia, but like lived there for three months. Grew up in the suburbs of New York, but I've been you know a, a properly living in New York City for thirty years, uh, except for the last you know, five months. So what do you feel like this <laughs> is turning New York back into a era that you remember? Or is this something new? Like, are we going to the eighties or is this like, no, nah, this is something different. I don't know yet. Just I haven't been around, but I mean, mm-hmm. there's, uh, it's, uh, it's certainly not going to be what it was two years ago. No. Um, no. And, yeah. uh, you know, a little, a little bit of like, um, pruning, and rebooting is not a not a terrible idea. I think from a cultural standpoint, I worry about like the you know economy. I worry about people's ability just to like make a living and get to work. I think that's going to be a big problem. Um, in ten years' time, I think New York will be fine. In three or f- I don't know, I don't know. Uh, so are you also you're back to work on the Daily Show? Yes. Uh, well, that's the thing. I never stop uh, working. So thankfully, the Daily Show. Um, within i think two weeks they pivoted into went remote yeah yeah they went remote and you know you know those guys better than me you've been with them longer and man they are so resourceful and so talented like i've been very impressed yeah I, oh. uh, with, with uh with, with that pivot to the remote show oh, yeah. i think uh technically creatively yes. Yes. um very impressive Yes, yes, extremely, and and I mean they they kept it going. I mean Trevor, everybody, and um, I mean but the content aside, just the production is, I think the 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 way they managed to do it, that's amazing. And then obviously, I I think the show has really been hitting something. You know, it's been hitting uh, something very authentic 
uh, and true to what's happening right now. Yeah. Did you uh, watch the conventions the last couple of weeks? Um, yes. Uh, I've been jet lagged. So uh, I've been watching highlights. <laughs> or low lights or whatever you want to call it. Um, yeah, I don't but, know that jet lag is a terrible way to watch these things. A little right. bit of uh, <laughs> a, a, a little bit of head twist is probably helpful. Right. Um, have been watching it. Um, and give us I the, feel, give us the Ronnie highlights from the Ronnie highlights. Man, I mean, did we kind of do Trump kid? Trump <laughs> favorite. Um, favorite. Who was the favorite Trump kid moment? I guess, which is different from the favorite Trump kid, because that's oh, I mean, not a fair question. I I think the uh, you got to go Donald Trump Jr. I, I would say the same thing. What well, what about him? Where where did you come out on that? Oh uh, man, I mean, I found it. You know the the fact that his I what I guess it's his girlfriend now was on it too and before him uh, you're, you're talking about ms uh, kimberly guilfoyle yes yes sir Kim guilfoyle and then um uh uh he, yeah him I, I found that to be the kind of weirdest thing like it really is in the family now and i just feel like oh, they kept the family business no yeah. it's like it's a trump <laughs> organization that happens to also like be the executive branch of the government now <laughs> yes um, uh yes and um, I feel I really want to know who turned down the appearance offers, you know, like who that I, I mean, I, I this is where it always gets tricky because I believe I have no evidence for this, but I believe that nobody really wants to be on that. <laughs> <laughs> I, I believe oh, that. Yeah. No, I think that's absolutely true. That's why it's all filled with friends Ex and family because there is nobody else. E exactly. But then you can never nail them on that, right? Because, which is one of the conundrums of this whole administration that you can never really nail them on that. Like, it's interesting. I had some friends from Singapore who are like, I guess Trump supporters, like they'll deny it, but, and which is part of the problem I'm describing because <laughs> they will defend. Yeah, in Singapore. Yeah. And they'll defend stuff he's doing in a in such a narrow way that they are right like legalistically what do you give me an example like for example they'll say like like just the most basic one would be the uh the mexicans are rapists and let, let's go back to the original sin of the opening <laughs> of the first speech okay Campaign. Sure, a, little, a little little memory lane let's do yeah it. and uh, you see this is uh, i'm gonna butcher this argument but it'll be something like he didn't actually say that mexicans are rapists he said that people coming over some of them are rapists and and so it's like okay like technically you're right and if you want to ignore the macro vision of this guy and you argue very specific things about him, you actually make him sound like a good president. <laughs> <laughs> well, what do they say about like they have they have universal health care in Singapore? Yes. So yes. what do they say about that? Are they against that, or do they see that going on over here? They like, go, what, what, what do people in Singapore, Australia? That's a great. Like, that's make a great of question. The U.S. healthcare system, for example. Um, that's a great question, and and my counter argument to a lot of what they say is that they don't really know America that well because they never had to live here, and I think it's very easy to to talk about America and American politics if you don't live here. And you, it's especially easy to be pro-Trump if you don't live here because you don't have any skin in the game. So it doesn't, you know what I mean? You can, you can love him as a reality TV figure because he's entertaining. But you, 
it's easy to support him from the outside because you don't have to actually be here to deal with any of the BS. You can just kind of watch like a TV show. So, Ronnie, you can um, say you can say bullshit. It's okay if you do that. <laughs> yeah. I've heard you curse before. I've heard you. You're, <laughs> I'm trying. You're really. To you're actually. Thing. You're quite adept at it, actually, and, and I enjoy it. So <laughs> you don't have my, to. Yeah, I'm trying to. I'm trying to keep it clean in case your kids listen to this. I, but uh, um, please, please uh, don't do that. <laughs> But yeah, they, I mean, uh, they, that's a really good question. You know, I can't speak for the outright Singaporeans because I'm, I'm struggling to see what they think as well, but I can answer the question about the healthcare thing, which is that, like I said, in Singapore and Australia, they've got essentially what's called, it's universal healthcare. Like they take the money out of your paycheck every, or the employee, the employer pays for it. Right. Yeah, um, yeah. You get a job, it goes yeah. into the fund. Okay. And then when you get sick, guess what? You can just go see a doctor and not worry about going bankrupt because it's there. Even the Singapore healthcare system has elements of socialism, quote unquote, socialism and capitalism because you pay into it and then it's not a free ride. Like you, you have to. Um, so I think what happens with Singapore is I don't want to get too lost in the weeds here, but the government takes a percentage of your paycheck. So when you go see a doctor, the money gets deducted from that. But here's the best part is that if if you if you have something catastrophic that is exceeding way above what you have in your account, don't worry about it. It will be it. covered. You got it. Yeah. And if you and, don't have a, and if you don't have a job or like if you're uh, if you're a poor Singaporean. Oh yeah. If you, I, I think it, the, I'm pretty sure the government's got your back with that one too. Um, and it was interesting. You compared it to America, and I just feel like. Americans should go to Australia for six months. Every American should go visit <laughs> Australia for six months and just see like, hey, white people doing socialist medicine works, man. It's not that scary. It, in fact, you know, it's more freedom because you can just, if you have a med- medical problem, you can just go see a doctor and then get on with your life. So you, think, become, so you think there's like an exchange program? Like every six months we send another million Americans over there. <laughs> do we have to take the Australians over here to make space for them? What kind of system uh, are you thinking of? Great question. I think it for it to work, it, uh, it will have to be just white people because that's the only way Australia will accept them. And that's also the only way Americans will uh, accept Australians as well. So uh, I think it's just a white people thing. Okay, leave okay. the rest of us out of it. Okay. And then um, I think, yes, one for one is a good idea because Australians also love going to America. So um, You do? I didn't know this. Yes. Um, Why? Austra- uh, why now especially like you <laughs> now not so much not, now, oh, not okay. so much but before all this there was definitely uh australians love coming to america and i think americans love the idea of australia because we, we do tend to like we i think we look at australia like oh that's yeah that's cool they're sort of it's like uh it's like british people uh but with lots of space and like kind yes. of uh, yeah with like some california says- and maybe some colorado in there yeah, it's as far as you can go and still see white people. Yeah, tell me, uh, you are a uh, you're a stand up. How are you? Uh, how are you doing that in this environment? Like you, like, oh. as a stand, like I, you know, constantly writing jokes and material and always having ideas. Is it just like just massive backlog? Have um, you performed at all? Like, how are you doing it? Yeah, so I've been writing you a, my your jokes. Spe- your your Netflix special from last year is hilarious. People should watch it if they haven't. Thanks so much. Yeah. Um, so was was working on the sequel and um, I wrote, I've been writing jokes just like I always do, but not really being able to test them. Um, I did 
I mean, here's the interesting about stand-up, which is so different to improv, which I feel like that's where you come from, um, is that we write our jokes way in advance and we do it, you know, if you're really, really good, you change it every year. <laughs> and right. so we have all this material from before the pandemic that like <laughs> just doesn't really hit home anymore. Yeah, it's... <laughs> Yeah, there's there's a certain um it there's a certain uh it's like a different world right now and you're talking about uh ancient history sometimes and I look at my material that I was doing before. In fact, I had a bit about how in New York no one cares about corona. And uh, I'm really glad that didn't um that didn't go viral. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh so um I and I did do one gig in Australia just just because I I I had to um it's kind of it's in my blood and um it was so stupid it was so dangerous to do it it was dumb we were all in a, we were in a small room and no mass and and just it, there was no point to it like it just i don't know why that we're willing to die for it uh is is my conclusion and um yeah well, I, haven't, I, I, I haven't heard before about the the tragedy that is all the lost stand up material that people are just have <laughs> Six, 12 months worth of stuff that they just aren't going to be able to do anymore. What happens to that? Is yeah. There like, is there a um, repository for it? Does it go like, is there some sort of, you know, discount bargain basement store where you can pick up this uh, <laughs> late 2019 stand-up material nobody can Damn, use? Damn, that's actually a really good idea. We should do, there should be something. Damn it, that, you should, you know, you should pitch that to um, some kind of network or something. I mean, that... You should. We should do a the lost jokes. Yeah, the 2019 before pandemic stuff that you can't do anymore. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, so uh, yeah, unfortunately, I did have a a big live tour plan that sold pretty well, and I, I had to cancel it because oh, people man. were gonna die or whatever. Right? Yeah, no. And um, uh, so I postponed that to next year. But yeah, that's it's really uh disheartening that. Um, stand up, which was the kind of, you know, the, in 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 as far as my perspective in showbiz, it, my perspective has always been like, well, they can't take stand up away. <laughs> they can cancel shows, they can fire you, they can, you yeah, can, yeah, you yeah. know, you can, you can always go up and do a set, like yeah, oh, but you well, can always, mm. and now you can't, yeah. Wah, and wah. and I, I I remember last year because New York City is kind of like the mecca for stand up comedy and. I always wanted to move here to do stand-up comedy. And I think most stand-ups aspire to that for better or for worse. And so I remember last year I was um, a typical day for me in, in New York city. You know, I was doing, I was at the daily show and then at, after we finished work, I would go around and I'd run around and do like, you know, I was running around doing five sets that night going from club to club, you know, that hustle and really loving it. And I remember in my head thinking like, man, this is amazing. This is like a dream come true. And then I was like, that little voice in the back of my head going like, this can't last, right? This is too good. <laughs> this is too good to be true. And then you you start, you know, hearing Tony Robbins go like, push the negativity out of your head, man. That's just neg-. <laughs> and so you're like, yeah, I'm just being negative. How can this end? And then it ended. And it was like, man, that like that, the most positive activity in, in the world just, you know. Like we weren't hurting anyone. We were just running around telling jokes. Just and we telling can't do jokes. that anymore. Just yeah, running around so. telling jokes. Now we're five months into it and you know, we're all 
a little over it. Uh, um, and also for me, I managed to kind of channel it into other kind of writing uh, projects, which oh, I like had. what? So, like what? Uh, you know, writing TV show or movie ideas or whatever it was, stuff that just you know I never had time to do and it was kind of piling up, and so I was able to kind of focus on that. And that's exciting. I hope you'll send me the scripts, Ronnie. But, I want to see. Please, them. I love to. Dude, you're the you're the smartest guy in comedy. I love to, to see what you think. Sure, about, I am about about my BS. Yeah, if you can, if now, you can we handle. We talked about this about your what? <laughs> my bullshit. If you can Thank you. Come on. Um, but uh, yeah, so that first month was okay, and then now it's kind of like I'm, I'm getting desperate now. So in New York City, they start doing stand up shows in the park, Outside, and in, yeah, and in car parks on rooftops, and I'm like, yeah, you know what? Yeah, let's just go do it. Let's just go do give some try. weird gig. Yeah, give it a try and just whatever. Eat shit, you know. And <laughs> you'll eat shit for sure. There's no way you can do a show yeah. in a car park to people in cars and not eat shit. It's designed to eat shit. That's an eat <laughs> shit gig. <game. laughs> well, what would you do? How would you get past it? Like, okay, you're gonna like you're gonna eat it a certain amount, but then also like you would. What do you do? Like do you. You go around like to individual cars and and scream at them like you turn it into a different kind of a stage. You're like, well, well you gotta do something. There's no way around it, Steve. It just got eat shit now. There's no yeah until the vaccine. So every day, <laughs> no, yeah, it's just every day I just re refresh the New York Times vaccine tracker page, and I'm just like, come on, anything. Um, <laughs> I want to tell jokes in a small yeah. room again. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. My mom, my mom was like, my mom was like. uh why do you want to go back? You know, like, like it's the first time in, in, so, so I think uh, for America, you know, I don't think people understand ideologically, like everyone has always wanted to go to America. It's like a no brainer. Even if you're from, we are uh, trying our best to, to <laughs> cure the world of that idea, but yes, I guess um, it hasn't taken, I don't know. Yeah. It, it like, I'm not even talking about, whatever Asian country, second, third world countries, if you want to call them that, uh, even, even Australia, right? Like, it's like, if you get a chance to go to America to work, if you get that opportunity, of course you go. It's a no brainer. So, um, whether you're in Malaysia, Singapore, Australia, and now, you know, when, when I told my mom, I'm coming back, I, she was, uh, because I was in Australia, she's like, oh, what are you going to do? I'm like, oh, I'm going back to America. And she was like, why? Why would you want to go back now? <laughs> <laughs> and I just had to be like, yeah, you know, just because in America, you, you can tell dick jokes for more money. That's what I it know, is. I, no, no mother could disagree with that reasoning. <laughs> yeah. And, um, it, 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 and it's so interesting now that she's like, <laughs> and she said, Ronnie, you? you must go to America. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The dick jokes require it. I, um, I, want you to, I want you to earn top dollar for your dick jokes. <laughs> yeah, you can, you can earn 10 cents on a dollar <laughs> in Singapore. <laughs> It's worth 10 times that in America. <laughs> I did not raise you <laughs> <laughs> to tell discount dick jokes. <laughs> Get on the next plane in New York. <laughs> Risk death and all that. So, yeah. Um, uh, so, it, it, it's interesting that shift now. You know, you can feel it. Hey, do you, are you an Australian citizen? Do you have a Malaysian passport? What's that situation? I'm, I'm a Malaysian passport only. Yeah. You are. So, yeah, yeah. Uh, correct me but, if I'm but wrong. I'm a, sorry, but I'm an Australian permanent resident. Okay. So. Yeah. And and some third thing in New York. Oh, uh, I'm I I I'm a American permanent resident now. Yeah. 
I'm sorry, you're a permanent resident in more than one place. Yeah, yeah, they I'm gave. I'm not it trying to, to get an immigrant in trouble, but that's just yeah. Can a little, you can you please yeah. keep this podcast yeah. on the low? Thanks. Yeah, of course. No, oh, <laughs> it's pretty close to on the low already. Don't worry about that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, I I think you maybe once told me that uh, with a Malaysian passport, you cannot travel to Israel. Is that still true? <laughs> yeah, the second page of the passport clearly states it goes. This passport is valid for all places except the following countries, and then it just says Israel. <laughs> <laughs> it's the it's the one and only. Yeah, I know it's a uh, there's a a large uh, Muslim population yes, there. Is it an officially Muslim country? No, it's not officially Muslim. It's predominantly Muslim. Yeah, uh, but officially secular. So in Malaysia, like like you'll. You'll hear the prayer calls to prayers, um, you know, a, a, a few times every day. You can they'll, they'll, you can hear on a loudspeaker. Um, the, there's prayer rooms everywhere. Uh, all the food has to be halal. Um, I guess except for okay, I, that's not sorry, not all the food, but for example, like it, Burger King there is halal. You know, um, right? Uh, all, the, all the franchises will be halal. Um, is that true? Even in like even in the ethnic Chinese communities in Malaysia? Yes, they, yes, yes. So, but, so, but the so ethnic Chinese, Chinese group, in, no. Uh, that's my question. Okay, because yeah. that's that's not what I remember. I was there. Uh, I spent I don't know a few days in Malaysia once. I was up in uh, Penang, and you know, which I don't remember it being. I don't remember it being uh, all halal. Yeah. So so the so the like um, hawker stalls, essentially the small business kind of food stalls those places yeah that, oh that's, that's fine world's that's greatest fine, yeah. world's greatest food southeast asian hawker stalls like forget it oh it's the best i can't believe you were in penang that's the, one of the best places to go um uh, it's a good time food there's amazing and i think you know malaysia is a, a real um, a melting pot uh in terms of uh culture because you have indian mixed with malay mixed with chinese people um plus you know with thai and filipinos and indonesians and so the food mixes together and turns out Fucking awesome! Can I ask you some advice as a uh, as an ethnically Chinese person? Uh, <laughs> well, we've got the Jews. We've got our New Year's coming up in just a few weeks. You know, yeah. Rosh Hashanah is coming up. It's like it's a big holiday for us, but it's not as big as Chinese New Year's. And it well, it's it not. It's not a competition, but okay. it, but if it were, we'd be losing. And <laughs> uh, it seems like you guys have quite a few ideas for how to have a good time. I wonder if there's any that you would recommend to us that we might think about borrowing to spice our New Year's up a little bit because it is a few weeks away and we could use a little boost. Interesting. Um, do you have any kind of mythical animals that you can kind of mythical like... Mythical animals? That you can create some uh, kind of... Our mythical animals are mostly in the form of, of uh, like pot roast. <laughs> Uh, the, because, gefilte, the gefilte fish, I think, is a mythical animal. <laughs> well, if you could dress up like a <laughs> what was that Gil, Gil, Bil, Gilbrilta fish? Oh, uh, um, gefilte, 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 fish. yeah, gefilte yeah. fish, yeah. Um, because I feel like a lot of the Chinese, um, what we make a big deal about on Chinese New Year is like the mythical animal shit. So, um, if I don't know if there's some kind of equivalent to a, a lion dance or a, mm. a oh dragon. yeah, that, those yeah. dragon dances. Those yeah. are nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
maybe that could help, you know, with your I parades. think that would help a great deal. I think, yeah, yeah the kids would get a lot, <laughs> a lot more excited about that. Now, the, the selling points for the children on, on Rosh Hashanah are that, like, you know, challah, instead of being uh, long, is round. Okay. <laughs> That's sort of the big thing. Um, and it's, it doesn't excite the kids as much as a dragon parade with fireworks would, sure. would, would tend to do. Yeah, fireworks. I don't know what is America. We're, we're just pitching ideas here. I'm yeah, just brainstorming. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Maybe a pinata. You know, oh, that's a, good too. Yeah, just a pinata, but maybe like in the shape of a dreidel. Or uh, mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. again, yes, that's bring, not a dreidel. Is not a Rosh Hashanah thing exactly, but uh, but yeah. but but <laughs> but no bad ideas. There's no bad ideas here, Ronnie. Yeah, yeah. Just uh, just pitching. Uh, uh, whew, uh maybe. <laughs> Was Chinese New Year's a big deal for you growing up? Yeah, yeah, it's almost. It is kinda, it's like the family gets together. It's the whole thing. Yeah, yeah, you can't you can't avoid it. Uh, it's um, I yeah, you never you don't think twice about it until you leave the country, and then you're like, oh, people don't celebrate everyone. like because then it's just like, oh yeah, you just do it. It's uh, of course, it, it's actually to be honest, like it's kind of a, a pain in the in the ass because. Um, you you have to go back to visit your parents, and if your parents are in a separate country as my mom's parents are, you have to go to Malaysia, and it's just traffic is just ugh, and there's no avoiding it. So you're stuck in traffic for what should be a four day weekend. You're stuck in traffic for like three days. It, you're just in cars, just trying to get home to be with people so you can argue with them and it, it's you know i guess it's what thanksgiving is here it sounds more like our thanksgiving yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah so you have to have that family meal uh you get you get you get money which is good um wait you, you get money yeah we give it like look hey you know i this is something i want to pitch to everybody as well i think christmas whatever gifts yeah mon- money money is money, money Money is the best gift. Money, money is not only is it gives you options. No wrapping paper. There's no plastic packaging. There's no waste. You're not getting something you you don't need at all. It's money. You always need money, even if you put money in, into your rent. Put money, you know, into something intangible. Money, cash, money. But uh, there's this weird anxiety around giving someone money, and I'm trying to remove the stigma to it because it's the best gift. It's environmental, and it's it's a lot of options. We've already been through this, but I honestly, money, guys and girls, money, the best gift. Give the gift of money. It's environmental, okay? It doesn't kill turtles or dolphins or whatever, unless you're buying a turtle and killing it. Right. right? But, but other, the, you lose that the control byproduct. if you give somebody money. They, they, could, yeah. They, yeah, they could use the money you give them to pay some sort of dolphin assassin. Yes, yes. <laughs> Indirectly. But, 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 it's, a, but it's, a, it's a risk worth taking. Yes. Uh, Ronnie, that's fantastic advice to, I think, end this interview on. (laughs) Give people money on the high probability that they won't use it to kill dolphins. Yes. (laughs) I think that's fantastic. Uh, Thanks so much for taking the time, Ronnie. It's great to talk to you again, man. Yeah, great to hear from you again. I'll see you in New York uh, when we're both back in New York and allowed to go outside. That'll be fun. Yeah, please. And that's it for this in quarantine. I'm Steve Bodo saying plasma? I I guess I'll try the plasma. Mm-hmm.